Welcome to the Optimal You podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 13 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the Optimal You podcast is to have a visit with providers and others in the healthcare industry, in our area, and in this instance, from beyond, that provide services that might be helpful to you in your journey to becoming the Optimal You. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you as a gift for taking the time to listen. Today's guest is NDSU College of Pharmacy student, Sabrina Lear. Before we start our visit with Sabrina, I need to let the listeners know that the podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice nor is the information a substitute for for professional medical expertise or treatment. A little background on our guest, Sabrina Lear. Sabrina is a West Fargo native and is in her final year of pharmacy school. She is currently on clinical rotations, and we have had the opportunity of having her at the pharmacy for the last five weeks. A little side note, she has a cat named Mila. So thank you, Sabrina, for joining the podcast. Um, Maybe fill in a little bit, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so as you said, I'm from West Fargo, and I'm in my last year of pharmacy school at NDSU. Um, I chose pharmacy because I knew I wanted to go into a profession where I could help people, and I had always kind of enjoyed um, science and math throughout high school. And then during my sophomore year of college, I decided to actually volunteer at a pharmacy. And I was kind of able to see what they all did there. And I thought I could probably see myself working there. So once I was done with my volunteering there, I applied for a job as an intern there. And I ended up working almost four years there throughout school. That's awesome. That's a lot of the same things uh, that got me involved in pharmacy as well. I like to I like to be around people and communicate with people and science and math were kind of my strong suits as well. So, mm-hmm. so you're in your, you're in your last, you're in your last year of uh, pharmacy school. And now, now you do uh, these clinical rotations. So what does that mean? Um, so we have eight of the clinical rotations. They're each five weeks. We go to different sites. We kind of learn the different practice settings. There's some required ones that we have to do, and then we have elective ones. So this rotation that I'm on now is kind of an elective one. I chose to do it, and it's been really fun. I've got to learn a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have normally learned in one of the required ones, but it's been really fun. Cool. Well, we've we've enjoyed having you as part of the um, team at the at the pharmacy, so... One of the one of the things that you're required to do in your final year is to come up with a public health project. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what your public health project is? And that's kind of going to be our topic of the podcast today. Yeah. So during like during the rotations on last year, we have to come up with a public health project that's open to our creativity, but they kind of want us to have a few criteria. So I guess the main criteria that we need to meet is that we educate a group of non-healthcare workers on 
a topic at one time. So the public health project that I've been working on throughout this rotation has been um, getting patients off their opioids with the use of naltrexone at ultra low or very low doses. And I kind of want to go over what the rationale behind that is because a lot we've actually been able to do that with a few of the patients here at the pharmacy. So I just thought that was really interesting. That's awesome. So what is opioid use disorder and how can we help patients discontinue these medications? Yeah, so opioid use disorder, it's kind of, it's defined in many different ways, but kind of a generalized definition of it is that it's chronic lifelong disorder with serious potential consequences, including disability, relapses, and death. It has a very long definition that you have to meet, like, many different criteria to be like diagnosed with it. However, I think two main points of it that I want to touch on are physical dependence and withdrawal. So dependence are kind of when the body requires a specific dose of the drug to prevent the withdrawal symptoms. And this usually occurs when the patient uses the drug for a long time. And then the body kind of builds up a tolerance to that medication and becomes dependent on it. And then withdrawal is when the patient's body is who has been taking the opioids, they start to experience the symptoms of withdrawal, such as pain, chills, cramps, anxiety, nausea, vomiting, insomnia, etc. And that's usually why they continue to take their opioids. That's interesting. You know, when we, um, when the two of us first met, we met at a at a conference in Phoenix, uh, National Association mm-hmm. Board of Pharmacy. I don't know if you recall, but a lot of the topics that were brought up were about opioid use disorder. It's it's still a big deal in in the United States and really worldwide. So um, this is a, a great way to help uh, get our patients um, that are are motivated to get off of them to to work with that. So um, a big part of our practice um, involves helping patients with um, low-dose naltrexone. And if our listeners have, have listened before, I think episode 10 was the one that we did with Sebastian Dennison that talked about ultra-low-dose or low-dose naltrexone. I'm just going to have you give us kind of a brief uh refresher on how naltrexone works in our body at low doses and and why we might use it for these conditions. Yeah, so just kind of a brief overview of it is it helps to increase the secretion of naturally naturally occurring endorphins, which help to relieve pain. It um, reduces the it kind of like blocks toll-like receptors, which helps with inflammation and immune-related problems like autoimmune-related and inflammatory responses. It increases the release of opioid growth factor, which reduces inflammation, autoimmune responses, and tumor cell growth. It calms glial cells, which kind of those support your neurons and protector nerve pathways. And it actually helps to increase dopamine levels, which dopamine is a neurotransmitter that helps control our mood and your reward pathways. And so when dopamine's low, we start to feel depressed. And that's actually a huge part of 
why people will end up getting like addicted to opioids because it really increases your dopamine level when you're taking them. Wow. So that's doing a lot of uh, different things in our body. It's, it's really kind of an amazing um, dosage form and use of that medication. Don't you find that to be quite interesting? <laughs> yeah, I still can't quite wrap my head around how much it does. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, yeah it's cool. So we're going to touch on dopamine in a minute, but first let's talk about, you'd mentioned at the very beginning, uh, the use of low dose naltrexone, and you also mentioned um, very low dose and ultra low dose. Can you kind of mm -hmm. explain the differences of those three? Yeah. So there's some slight variations of the definitions kind of based on where you look, but low dose naltrexone is typically the 0.5 or 0 0.5 milligrams to 4.5 milligrams daily. Very low dose naltrexone is typically one microgram to 0 0.5 microgram milligrams. And then ultra low dose naltrexone is usually doses less than the one microgram daily. Yeah. So we're talking extremely low doses when you consider a, a normal way to um, use naltrexone historically, because the drug's been around for uh, 50 plus years, has been in the neighborhood of 100 to 200 milligrams uh, per day. So we're talking mm -hmm. like thousands of times less than than that dose in the real ultra low doses. So, um, so I mean, you, we talked to just briefly, or you touched on dopamine and how can you explain how that fits into once again a little bit more on addiction and how maybe naltrexone can ease the the transition off of the opioid to make it a little bit more easy to to help help them transition. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, dopamine is kind of the body's natural happy chemical per se. It's also it's controlled by GABA, which when opioids, they bind to the receptor, it causes a reduction in the release of this GABA, which GABA, um, it, when it's activated or this reduces the inhibitory effect that GABA um, has on the release of dopamine. So essentially more dopamine is then released than normal. So that ends up causing changes in the brain. And so, um, regular opioid users, their receptors eventually have reduced reactivity to opioids, including natural endorphins, which are natural opioids essentially and this is kind of what is happens in terms of like tolerance and so with the low dose naltrexone it can help increase this dopamine level naturally so patients can continue to experience this sense of well-being that dopamine helps to provide okay so so two things in that you said, so um, endorphins, when, when patients take chronic opioids, their endorphin production is going to be decreased. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, so that we know that endorphins are a feel good, I guess, opioid in our system. You know, we think about the runner's high. That's, that's the first thing that I always think of when I think about endorphins. So we're going to decrease that production. And then um, when a person takes, whether it's an opioid or really any drug, they're going to get that dopamine spike, correct? Mm -hmm. So 
if they go off of these medications and they don't have the dopamine, which is once again, our reward hormone. Yes. They're going to probably have more of a flat feeling or a flat effect or like, you know, nothing seems to give them joy or anything is that I think that's what I've read. In- yeah, that's correct. So uh, that's often why they go back to using those drugs is just because they want that feeling again. Yeah. So and I think, like you said, I think that's, uh, you know, being able to use um, the ultra low dose, very low dose, low dose naltrexones um, to kind of give that dopamine boost. That's kind of a nice bridge to get them off of that. So, um, so what, so what is a, a naltrexone assisted opioid uh, discontinu- discontinuation protocol look like if a patient is wanting to um, embark on this journey? So the protocol, at least at the pharmacy, it usually looks like kind of determining what the patient's normal, like daily dose of like their current opioid is, determining that, and then starting to go down weekly by 10% while you initiate a very low dose naltrexone dose starting at one microgram twice daily. And then each week you go down by the, um, you go down by that opioid dose 10%, and then you slowly increase the naltrexone dose. And yeah, that's kind of essentially it. <laughs> so it's, I kind of refer to it as a kind of a dual protocol because we're slowly increasing the naltrexone and slowly decreasing the opioid. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, and I, what I, you know, what I found is that um, patients tend to um, maybe need to, customize it to their needs as well. I I actually just did a follow-up call on one of our patients this morning. And she said, you know, I can tell when I'm ready to go down on my opioid. And and that's, I think, part of the, this process, it's not a cookie cutter type of a protocol. We have to kind of work with the patient to kind of figure out what's going to be best for them. So yeah, it's kind of compounding in general. We get to custom customize the dosing for each individual patient rather than trying to fit them into um, a particular dosage or strength that might be available commercially. So what do you, what do you know about safety, long-term safety of um, naltrexone? What have, have you found anything out on that? Um, So overall, it's a very safe medication. There's not many side effects or drug interactions with it. Um, Long term, there, there's not like a ton of research on it, but a lot of people have been on it long term. Yeah, I think in the addiction world, um, you know, the high doses, like I said, 50 to 200 milligram per day, many people are on it for many years without any issues. And now we're talking about you know, doses that are many times smaller than that. And um, so it, it appears that. Uh, um, it does, it is a safe option for our patients. So, mm-hmm. um, so at the pharmacy, we've had the opportunity to help, um, four individuals through the process of getting off opioids and, um, two are currently in that transition phase. Um, 
you had an opportunity to interview some of them and find out what their experiences was. Uh, would you share a little bit about what you learned from them? Yeah, so it was really cool to actually be able to talk to some of them that had went through the process completely because just their background stories were all really different in why they were kind of on their opioid for such a long time. Some of the patients had been on opioids for over 10 years just due to chronic pain issues. And even still, that wasn't that effective of an option. They still had quite a bit of pain with the opioid. They reported pain levels in the six to eights while on quite high doses of opioids. And since titrating off of them, they hang on to like a therapeutic dose of the LDN. They report pain levels in the threes, some have no pain at all. And then I think the thing that really spoke stuck out to me was that one of the patients said they don't really watch the clock anymore to see if it's time to take their next pain pill, which I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think uh, some of the things that I've um, heard from them, too, is, you know, just the stigma of having to go into the pharmacy every month to pick up their opioid pain medication. You know, we we as pharmacists are kind of called to be a little bit of a gatekeeper to, you know, administering that or dispensing it. So, you know, if they're in there early or if it's a weekend or now we've got holidays coming up, those are always I think stressful times for those patients that are are having to obtain them and and it's not a I don't think it's a good feeling for them. So I've I've heard them say, you know, not having to do that every month is just like a huge weight off their shoulders as well. So mm-hmm. So you've I, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just also going to say. So I also got to ask them just kind of about the process and whether it was easy or hard. And then one thing that kind of stuck out to me was that a patient just said that they believe that going slow is what made it successful and just the amount of support that they got from the pharmacy, just the check-ins and how awesome the pharmacy was. And as well as one patient said that it was just a game changer, the the overall experience. So it was really cool to talk to them. That's great. That's good to hear. You know, we we do try to hold their hands through the process and let them know that they're not an island out there, that we're there to support them. And I think that goes along with, um, you know, making adjustments and things. I The, the last couple of weeks um, of getting off the opioid, um, sometimes they struggle a little bit and we, we do a little bit of creative dosing with the, the naltrexone and the opioid to try and get them coverage. Um, so once again, you know, customizing the therapies for the individual treatment. So, so based on the research that you've done, um, do you think this type of protocol holds potential for patients looking to con- discontinue opioids? I definitely think it does. So I... When researching this, I looked into some of the other most commonly used pharmacological agents, and those are methadone, buprenorphine, and then naltrexone at the higher doses. And I mean, while they aren't bad options, they all have their pros and cons. So for example, methadone, um, that, I mean, obviously patients, they have to come into the clinic to get it. Um, the patient often becomes dependent on the methadone, and then there's drug interactions with that. So 
there's that. It's still, it's very effective though. Buprenorphine, it, um, it, again, it's effective. It kind of creates a ceiling effect for, um, cause it's a partial agonist. So it limits respiratory depression and euphoric effects that patients would get from an opioid and it blocks the effects of other opioids. So, but um, the patient needs to have a certain prescriber to prescribe it. So that can be a barrier for that. And then naltrexone at the higher doses, it just in general does not have great people like effective, people don't like to take it because they often just feel that dysphoria or kind of flatness while taking it because it completely blocks that opioid receptor. And so I think that just has to do with people not being able to get the endorphins and the dopamine. Yeah, yep. for sure. So what overall was your biggest takeaway from the research that you did on um, naltrexone and addiction and other other avenues that you, you learned at the pharmacy? I think my biggest takeaway was just how versatile of a drug naltrexone is. Like, there's so much to learn about it. And I obviously think that there's so many places that it could be used. And it's just very interesting. Like, I want to look more into it. And I think that more people should look more into it. It's, it's um, kind of surprising that... Um... They're really, it's not more mainstream than it is. And I, and I think it's coming. Um, my, my, my thought on that is, so the naltrexone that we make up is um, a racemic mixture. So racemic mixture, meaning there's a right and left hand chemical to make up the, the whole. Um, okay. And I, and in the, the world of pharma, um, they will, oftentimes isolate one of those two uh, right or left hand image and then patent that. And the two right and the left um, kind of do totally different things. So I'm I'm not going to be surprised if in the, in the near future that there's a drug out there that's been isolated or um, mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, until then, uh, we're just going to continue to through forums like this, inform the public about uh, the opportunity that's out there and know that that there is help for our patients in many different ways. So I'm gonna take the time now to thank you for, for joining us at the pharmacy and being a, being our student. We've had, a, we've had a really good time with that. It's been fun. Um, I know that we, we are not your conventional pharmacy and we do a lot of different things and I want to thank you for being open to um, uh, the opportunity. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I've very much enjoyed it. So if you made it this far into the podcast, I promised a little bit of a reward. So if you, if you, uh, uh, you the reward would be 25% off the supplement of your choice. And all you have to do is mention the code Sabrina Lear podcast for uh, telephone and in-person orders at the pharmacy. So thanks again, Sabrina, for taking the time to visit with us. And um, as always, be vigilant about your health.
As always, be vigilant about your health.